0: You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K.
1: Your ring? Well, it's my friend's. You know, I'm going to send it to her. Do I get a reward? Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Hacking Humans Podcast, an occasional series we call Hacking Humans Goes to the Movies. I'm Dave Bittner, and joining me is my Cyberwire colleague, Rick Howard. Hello, Rick. Hey, Dave, how's it going? going well thank you on this show rick and i look at some of our favorite clips from cinema and television clips which demonstrate some of the scams and schemes that joe kerrigan and i talk about on hacking humans and our special guest this episode is amanda Finell from relativity amanda welcome
0: woo, woo. i'm here Let's do it. welcome amanda
1: We're <laughs> trying All to right. get this done i'm glad you're here yes Yes, indeed. All right. We've got some fun clips to share, so stay tuned. We will be right back after this message from our show sponsor. All right. We are back, and uh, I am going to kick things off for us this time. Uh, My clip uh, I'm going to start off with is from the 2009 comedy horror film Zombieland. Have, Have either of you seen this film? Great choice. Anything with zombies. It's fantastic. Amanda, are you a zombie fan?
0: I I am a huge fan.
1: Okay. So in this scene, we've got a pair of con artist sisters whose name in the film are Wichita and Little Rock. I had creative parents, I guess. Um, (laughs) And they're executing what's known as a violin scam. And this is where someone convinces another person that something of value has been lost and this scene takes place at a gas station And uh, Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin are the scamming sisters And we start off with uh, Emma Stone is uh, at this gas station And she is, she's is she got her car parked in front of the gas pumps And she is down on her hands and knees uh, searching for something And that is where the clip begins I'll roll it now Uh, what are you looking for?
2: My engagement ring. I I took it off to put my gas.
1: She's in I distress. Like let's just put say. Put it in my
2: purse. But it must have fallen out. And I'm late for my flight. And I'm...
1: Listen, uh, I'll find your ring and, and I'll, I'll FedEx it to you.
0: I'll give you a reward.
1: <laughs> Don't be silly.
0: $3,000. It's worth more than my car.
1: $3,000? Uh, your number. Yeah. I'll find it. Yeah, I'll start looking for it right now. Yeah, because I got nothing else to do. I was engaged once, but I'm single now. I'm so
2: surprised. Bye. Shocked, I <laughs> Hope you make your flight. That guy probably hasn't had a date in 10
1: years. <laughs> yeah, but I know it's around here somewhere. She's on a plane. That's the beauty of it. Let me call you back. Hey, you found my ring. Thanks, I've been looking all over for it. Your ring? It was my friend's. You know, I'm going to send it to her. Do I get a reward? 40, 60, 80, 400. That's it. That's the whole register. You made someone very happy.
2: You too.
0: Nice. How many left?
2: Let me see. Hmm. Enough for us to get to California. Someday I want to ring this bag.
1: Hmm. For the low price of thirty bucks, (laughs) sold. All right. What do you guys think?
0: Oof. Man, I got to tell you. Um, So if I remember correctly, they're named that because that's where they're from. Like that's their city. I think that's like Mm. why they were named these things or whatever. But it always reminds me of like the importance that you learned from the early on one from sneakers is that it's all about stress with humans, right? It's always about the stressful situation that makes us do foolish things. So Rick, I don't know what your first takeaway is, but my first one is that it's always about the emotion and the acting that takes place that in order to pull on those heartstrings.
2: Well, the one got me was, uh... Emma Stone, who uh, can I say this on a public podcast? She's looking fine, okay, I right? She, she's I, she's I, easy, I, I girl crush on. Easy her. on the eyes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's on her hands and knees as I the know. gas station attendant walks out. Okay, that's an easy mark in my mind. Wearing okay. wearing
0: a pair of uh, Christian Louboutin shoes, by the way. I saw the red bottom soles. So yeah, she's obviously like putting across the idea that she has wealth and opulence. Yeah. She's got a BMW. She's got an expensive, right. supposedly three thousand. Like I don't know, guys. My my diamond ring is a lot more than that, so I'm wondering. Like, but
1: well, that's I think the that reward it, she offers. Yeah, she she says the ring is worth, oh, more, worth than more than her car. Yeah. Car. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah so that's that would indicate is. you know above 20, 30 grand something like that. So well, that <laughs> looks
0: like a six series, but oh no, actually. So I you know I love cars, so like it was <laughs> it was a more recent model of the BMW. At least fifty five thousand. So
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she
2: she and then she very quickly says it's i'll give you three thousand dollars for it and the guy is taking it back just for a second and he sees the money it's like the old bugs money cartoons with the dollar signs are in the guy's eyes right you get to see it happening that's going to be right. some easy money for him that's
1: right right
0: well so so dave why is this called the the violin scheme is that what it is
1: It's called the violin scam uh, because I guess originally, back when people started doing it, the the object of value was a violin. Someone would, you know, say, "Oh, I lost my violin. I left my violin behind somewhere." Or, "If if you find my."
2: I thought it was because they were singing, their, they were crying because they'd lost something invaluable, like, you know, like, you know, play Today. a violin of sorrow for me. So I love, I I love be. yours better. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Could be. that. That's my understanding. But of course, you know, these things are often, uh, the, the stories behind them are often lost to history. But, um, you know, it's interesting how the, they, they both, uh, the, the two gals who are involved in this scam, Uh, obviously they're in cahoots together and then the, the other, uh, the younger woman comes in and she gets her $400 because the guy thinks that he's going to get three grand. So
2: $400
1: for the ring, easy calculation, but But that's the actual scam, right? The two of them make it off with 400 bucks, uh, I guess less than an hour. And, uh, you know, you can, you can do well with that. I think so. And would she say
0: at least 30 more? Is that what she
2: said? Well, that's the part I like the best. When they got back to the car, it goes, how many more rings we have left? And they pull out an envelope of 30 of these cheap rings, right? It's like, yeah. it's like oh, my goodness. That's a that's a big payday at the end if you get money, $400 for each one of those.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they had it down, and, and they're good at it. You can see how this—totally this, this totally see how this one could work, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know, but
0: I I feel like I'm looking back to try to remember if I've ever fallen for something like this. But yeah, so I I do think it is one of those just infallible problems with human beings that we all have like, we want to be helpful. We want to help somebody who's in distress, but certainly if you're preying upon somebody who would find Emma Stone attractive,
1: <laughs> they're definitely going to want which to is help. Most, which is most human beings. Most human beings, yeah. <laughs> I will say I
0: brought her up one time with my husband because I love her, and he was like, I don't see it. And I was like, you're lying. Come on, you're lying. But yeah, so I agree I Emma Stone. I, th-
2: I think the import- one of the important things here is that first the guy's coming out just trying to help her. Maybe he's going to you know get a chance with her. And then he, like, on a dime, he turns on her and says, oh, I'm going to scam her on this, right? So uh, mm-hmm. I think that's an important piece of this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know,
1: <laughs> I, I will share with you guys, uh, I did fall for one of these once, Amanda. Oh, no. You, you asked. Yeah, yeah. There's a There's a variation of this scam. It's similar to this scam, and and you, you see it happening a lot these days. Someone will uh, be they'll pretend to be broken down on the side of the road at an off-ramp from a highway. So as you're coming off the highway, they flag you down, and they ask you for um, money uh, to get some gas. They say they're out of gas. But they offer you their uh, something of value, a gold ring, a gold chain, something like that uh, in exchange for the money. Um, and uh, I... Stopped to help someone who, you know, was flagging me down. I was trying to be helpful, and we went through this whole thing, and he offered me his gold ring and a gold chain. And uh, I said, no, no, no. I said, let me, why don't you just let me drive you to the gas station, <laughs> and
2: I'll get <laughs> and, you some yeah.
1: gas, and we'll come back. I'm happy to do that. I'm not in a hurry, and we can get you the gas and off your way. And he had every, oh, no, my my wife and my baby are in the car, and, yeah. uh, you know, I just, I, I'll just walk, and this, that, and the other thing. So I ended up giving him $20 and I said, no, I don't need your ring. I don't need your, you know, thank you for your good faith offer, but I don't need those things. Here's some money. Good luck to you. And off I went. And only later did it hit me. And I went, you know what? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Joe, Joe and I have talked about this on Hacking Humans a lot, that... I have made the deliberate decision that I would rather go through life occasionally being scammed by people and being okay with it than going through life cynically believing that everyone is out to scam me. I'm with you, Dave. I, I, I'm not going to worry about that. You gave 20 bucks to help somebody.
2: Okay. It doesn't matter if right. he was trying to scam you or not. Okay. You, right. You, uh, you, you, you lighten, you, uh, elevated your soul a little bit that day. So good for you, sir. <laughs> I think, what do you think of that,
1: Amanda? Was I just being it's, a fool or? No,
0: no. I, I think it's, it's odd to have three security people on a podcast that we're all like optimists, but yeah, I, I also. <laughs> You're um, so right. Yeah. Like why are we all optimistic? I don't know, but. I will right. say there's this great, like a mantra or something that was like a saying that somebody once told me I was starting to try to do investments. And he gave me this one piece of advice, this guy named Chris. And he goes, Amanda, never put anything on the line. You're not willing to lose. And mm. I think it's the same. Like, so you lost 20 bucks, but you were willing to lose it. And so it's okay. Right. And I think that that's yeah. really where you make the cost benefit analysis of like, sure, maybe you're being scammed. But you were okay with giving twenty dollars towards that. And so you never put anything on the line you're not willing to lose. And that's fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, with that's, you. A, yeah. that's a great way to frame it. All right. Well, that is my clip uh this week. Uh Rick, we are going to move on to you because your clip this week is remarkably similar to mine. <laughs> so <laughs> Unplanned, okay. No, unplanned. we did not we did not coordinate this for better or for worse. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you have going on here?
2: Yeah, my clip this week is from the 1997 movie called Traveler. Okay, directed by Jack Greene. Uh, you pr- you guys probably know him as a cinematographer from Unforgiven, the great Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, and it stars the late great Bill Paxton, best known for you know my favorite movies like Aliens and Tombstone and Apollo 13. And a very young Mark Wahlberg, best known for Boogie Nights and The Departed, in my mind. And one more, and I always mispronounce her name. Maybe you guys can help me. Her name is Juliana Margulies, uh, best known for yeah. the TV yeah. show ER. Have, do you know Are you familiar yeah. with her, Amanda?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I watched She's... ER when it was a thing. Like, yeah. you <laughs> know, I think I was like 14. I was totally watching it. And uh, when George Clooney was first on scene, man.
1: Oh, there That's you go! Right. Yeah. yeah, I was a so few the years older. About- <laughs> oh, yeah, no but kidding. She, she's, she's. I think she's probably better known now for being the star of the show, The Good Wife. That's
2: right. That's right.
1: Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. So, the movie's about
2: a young man, Wahlberg. And this, like I said, remember, it's a very young Wahlberg who reestablishes some old family ties with a clan of gypsy-like grifters in rural North Carolina. And so, this is the perfect movie for hacking humans ghost in the movies. It's about a giant family of con men and women, right? So, hmm. this, this clip is Wahlberg's first successful grift as part of the clan. Now, remember, like I said, Wahlberg is young. And he walks into a local dive bar wearing a brand new suit, not an expensive suit, more like a suit you get off the rack at Walmart, but a new suit, and he looks a bit naive, and Margulies is tending the bar. So play the first part of this, Dave. All right. What can I get you? Uh, a martini, you please. I'm saying exactly the Ritz. You want to order something oh, normal?
1: Pardon me? A bottle of be fine. Where are you from? Atlanta. It's up here on business.
2: What kind of business you
1: in? Jewelry.
0: Ain't you kinda of young to be out on the road selling?
1: My dad owns a company. Uh, it's nice to have a leg up, huh?
2: Yeah, I guess. That's
1: nice. It's been in my family for years.
2: Beautiful. Thanks. It's two dollars for the beer. Alright, stop it there, Dave. So these are the preliminaries. It's called playing the con in the con man biz Basically befriending the victim, Wahlberg is establishing himself as a young man with money in the jewelry business, and shows Margulies what appears to be an expensive pin in his lapel, which becomes important later. He's a big tipper and buys a round of patron for the patrons in the bar. All right, roll the next piece. Thanks. Jewelry business is treating you pretty good.
1: well, I guess I like to spread it around.
2: That's nice. I could use it.
1: Why don't you go set them up all around? The rest is for you. Wow.
2: Thanks a lot.
0: Hey, thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Hey,
2: you okay?
1: No. My stick pin is gone. I can't find it.
2: Well, it's got to be around here somewhere.
1: I looked. Somebody must have walked off with it. Uh-uh.
2: Nobody here do that. Are you oh, did you look over by the bar? No. All okay. right, stop it there, David. All right, this part's called The Tale. Wahlberg tells Margulies that he's lost his very expensive lapel pin, and everybody in the bar stops what they're doing and looks for it. All right, move, uh, roll the clip again. This old man gave it
1: to him. Shit. Listen, I'm going to be here for a couple of days. I'm staying at the Sunset Motel, you know where it is? Yeah, sure,
2: it's right down the room street. Room
1: 125. My name's Jim Tom Clark. Can you remember it?
2: Sure, Jim Tom Clark, room 125.
1: So I gotta get it back. I'll pay $1,000 cash if you find it. No questions asked.
0: Well, I'll be sure to keep an eye out for it.
1: I'm gonna check back tomorrow. If it turns up you call me, I'll come right back over.
2: I right, remember, $1,000 cash to anybody who finds it. All right, stop there, Dave. Does this sound exactly like Zombieland?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, and so it's interesting to me that he kind of, he's announces to the everybody at the bar, yeah. who he's already uh, made friends with by buying everybody around, all the regulars, that there's $1,000 cash in play here if anybody finds this pin. Do I have that right? Yep. Yeah, when he, when he leaves the bar, everybody gets on their hands
2: and knees and starts looking for this thing because they know money is in the bag if they can just find it.
0: <laughs> so what ends up happening?
2: Well, we're going to get to that. So, oh, okay. So Wal, Walberg goes back to his hotel where his partner, Bill Paxton, is waiting and then sends Paxton in to finish the con. Paxton goes to the bar, buys a beer from Margulies, and pretends to drop something on the floor. When he comes back, he has the pin, Wahlberg's lapel pin, in his hands. Margulies sees her opportunity and asks Paxton to meet her at the end of the bar, away from the ears of everybody, and tries to con on her own. Okay, roll this last piece.
1: That's mine. Really? Oh yeah, I've been looking for it all night. My daddy gave me that pin, it's been in the family forever.
2: You don't believe me. (laughs) I don't believe this.
0: Why'd you move me down the bar, then?
2: You think I want them knowing my business?
0: There'd be no end to it. Just be one thing after the next. Now, can I have my pen?
2: I believe I deserve a reward.
1: Okay, okay, that's fair. I'll give you $5. (laughs) That's a little cheap, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> okay, 10. <laughs> you know what I think?
2: What? I don't think this is your pen at all. I think you're trying to put one over on me. You're starting to make me mad. $100. I don't think so. This looks like money to me. I'm going to go call the police. 200 400. No. Five.
0: Hey, you just said 400. Then I said
1: five,
2: six.
0: Oh, now wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you finished?
2: I'll give you $500, and that's just for the sentimental value. (laughs) Honey, you are as cute as all get out, but you're traveling in some pretty hot cotton. Where are you going to get $500? I'll
0: get it. We got a deal.
2: Okay, you can stop it there, Dave. She pulls the money out of the till, okay, gives him the money, and Paxson walks out. And then those two, uh, Wahlberg and Paxson, uh, make a run for it, and she's out all that money, right? It's the exact same scam that we just saw in Zombieland. I love that. (laughs) Have you guys seen that movie before?
0: I had not seen that movie before, but I have a lot to say about this. Dave, have you seen this movie before?
2: Uh, no this this movie is new to me. I had never it seen it before, but when I saw Wahlberg and Paxson, i said I'm in. All right, so uh, so what do you think, Amanda? What's your first thought here?
0: Um. So what's interesting? I you know sometimes I feel like it's an orchestra of words, and so you know <laughs> you said the summary of this was about grifting because they're like a family of like vagabonds, grifters, that kind of thing, or whatever. So the term "grifts" I'm familiar with, uh, but and it's because my stepmother is actually Dutch, and the Dutch word that this is derived from supposedly is actually a Dutch word called "gracht," which means like digging, like to dig your own grave kind of thing. Oh, and nice. so the exchange between these people really does feel like you're digging a grave, like you're going it deeper really and deeper. Does. So yeah. that that was like one thing that kind of flowed back and forth from it. The other thing is that whenever they're negotiating, whenever Bill Paxton's negotiating and he goes up, that is a hundred percent what I do every time I'm negotiating. If somebody doesn't give me what I want, I go up another hundred. And they're always like, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Like it's how it works for me. Should have taken the first offer. And you'd be surprised how quickly people grab on because they don't want it to go any higher. They're like, fine, fine, fine. That's fine. We'll do that. So I thought that was awesome.
1: Any thoughts yeah. there, Dave? Well, it was interesting to me that, uh, as you would expect, being the professional grifter, that Paxton had the edge here, right? As Amanda was saying, by upping the value every time, you know, uh, he was putting the emotional pressure on. He was he was turning up the heat on her to make this end, to make the bleeding end, and and she she fell for it.
2: I want to go back to something that Amanda said. The uh, the human nature of this, right. You know, Margulies goes, I'm going to call the police and get you out of here. And then two beats go by and then she makes another offer. Okay. <laughs> For 200 bucks or something like that. It's like, Oh, okay. I see where this is.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. But I, so I guess the only thing is she took the 500 or whatever it was out of the till. Is that what happens? Yeah. Out the of movie? the till.
1: Yeah. Which is the same Paxton, thing the gas
0: station guy did.
2: Yep. Exactly the same. Right. Exactly the same.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So, not only did they lose the money, but they're probably going to lose their jobs. She does. She absolutely gets fired. Okay. Oh,
2: <laughs> and then a whole romance starts between Paxton and uh, Margulies because he feels bad that he, you know, fired, got her fired. So, but that's wow. another story. Well, yeah. it's a
1: movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we, it's it's fascinating to me that we have these two clips from two very different movies, but it is the same scam yeah, uh, in yeah. both of them, just played out in a different way. Uh, Amanda, why don't you take us out of here today? Uh, What do you have to share with us?
0: All right. So um, I am going to use a really short clip, actually. I think it's like 30 seconds. It's not very long. But uh, a lot of people have thought about like the girl with the dragon tattoo. Uh, And I remember this very vividly in 2009 when this first version came out, not the Daniel Craig one, the original one. When this came the better out, one. I'm yeah, the better get
2: one. on record here. The better one. <laughs> the,
0: better, right. the better one, right? <laughs> um, this particular movie had come out and it was it's in Swedish, but um, the reason why I remember this movie so well, and I haven't seen it since two thousand nine, which is why it's hard for me to find the scene that I was looking for. I remember watching this movie, and you, I don't know if you sit with your family when they see anything with computer hacking, they always look at you. Like, is this accurate, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Yeah. And this
0: movie was one of the first. I always tell them it is.
2: Whatever is going yeah. on, totally accurate.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly. Swordfish, 100%. That's what 100%,
2: happened. yeah. Enhance, <laughs> magnify.
0: <laughs> so this particular um, movie has a few different things, but I'm just going to show one clip that kind of gives you a taste of it. Um, but to set the stage at this point, we basically have a 2009 um, Swedish Danish thriller, if you will, with a German producer. And the main character um, is essentially played by Numi Rapachi, I think is how we pronounce her name, potentially. Hmm. I don't know. Um, Rapachi
2: yeah, might be right. Yeah, I think you're right. It about
0: might that. be. I'm hoping. But uh, so Lisbeth Salander is um, basically a freelance kind of a investigator, if you will. She's got a really crazy background really lauded in a lot of the books and then later in the movies about her hacking skills. So we're just gonna look at about 30 seconds of what that looks like and how that displays on film. And then I'm gonna pull apart a little bit what we think about this.
1: All right, right, here's the clip
2: lots of pictures taken. Her is doing something with her laptop getting the photos on thousands it looks like code (laughs) on the laptop financial records names (laughs) wow I don't know what's going on there but it's exciting (laughs)
0: <laughs> I know. Okay. So I'm going to pull this apart for you both um, in case you haven't seen it or it's been a while since you've seen it. So yeah. the, the difficulty that we have with this is a few things, but um, the way that this is depicted is that she just naturally is able to pull in, as you mentioned, like thousands of photographs she just took on surveillance and then she uploads it. There's tons of metadata that just naturally comes up whenever she opens all these pictures but some of the other issues that we have is that um, as will come about later in this movie, is that there's apparently no point-to-point encryption. So she basically will just look for a directory and then just go on to it with no problem for Warner who is the person she's investigating. But these people are like well known in the financial world. They would have had some method of encryption naturally. And and naturally, like SSL and TLS is not like a crazy technology. Everyone uses that. Everything is encrypted in transit with this kind of information. So The problem we have is that there's accuracy with the way that this picture, this movie depicts a lot of different things. It is eclectic. It takes a lot of different things to pull things together, to put together the pictures of an investigation. But the difficulty is speed is never correct in these movies because they have a short amount of time to get the point across. And then they try to exploit things that are just fundamental security that we're using. Encryption is just fundamentally something that we're using a lot of times, and it's like a natural default. So that's my answer. So, I put it forth uh, to you, too.
2: I will counter that you're assuming that people in the finance industry are know how to use their own <laughs> tools, okay? So uh, <laughs> that has not been my experience. Right, I'm just, just going to throw that out there. Okay.
1: I'll say that one of the things, uh, first of all, Amanda, I agree with everything you're pointing out here, but one of the things that struck me in watching this clip is that they use the old uh, trope that you see whenever there's a hacker doing anything on a computer, which is that uh, not only do computer monitors display everything you're working on, but they project it onto your face. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. I hadn't thought about that. But I yeah. thought you were going to say it was the old adage that they were going to play Rage Against the Machine while she's hacking. But yes, oh, so valid, I, valid yeah, that's
2: point. I thought, I thought you were going to mention that she's probably one of the first hackers in the movies that wore hoodies, okay? Because she's oh. absolutely doing that too. All right, so.
0: So the other thing, and I couldn't find the clip in order in time for us because I really wanted to go over this one, um, talking about this encryption being broken. The best part that I remember from this movie, and I know it's in the book, and I believe it's transferred to the movie, she has to get onto someone's computer, so she goes to a hotel. But she has a friend of hers go and do a man in the middle attack. And so, I thought that was one of the best things to display about the security industry is that it's never something you go alone. You typically have to pull in a friend that happens to know a different mm. skill set. An insider, and so, yeah, yeah any of this, like you have to leverage what you can leverage to get what you're trying to get. And it's rarely going to be a unicorn of one person who can do everything. And I Mm. think that that was the one thing I liked from these movies. And I didn't see all of them, but this first one, the dragon tattoo, the growth of dragon tattoo, I do think did a really good job of showing that hacking is not simple. It takes time. Um, This particular clip's not great at it. The other ones are, I swear, just take my word for it. (laughs) And, uh, and you have to have a team effort.
2: I remember when, when the we when my I was telling you guys before we started the show, my daughter turned me on to this movie back in back then. All right, so went and watched it, loved yeah. it. Yeah, two thousand and nine, right? And uh, and then I said, "Oh, well, I got to read the book," thinking that it was going to be all about this hacking stuff. And <laughs> the hacking stuff doesn't show up in the book until like the last twenty pages or whatever it is. All right, so um, uh, yeah. it's, also
0: it's still really great. Graphic, it's still great. Horrible yeah. story, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. great.
1: It's Dave, what good. was your yeah.
0: experience with this? Were you have you seen this movie?
1: Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> Did you see the Daniel
1: Craig one? Are you are you a complete newbie here, Dave? No, right? no, I have not seen the. No, I have. <laughs> oh, don't bother. I, I'm certainly yeah. I'm certainly familiar with the name of the film. It, it's an iconic name, and I know it seems that people who people the people. <laughs> Uh, this movie is kind of like Black Licorice. People who like this movie really mm. like this movie. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah so, That's exactly right. Uh, but no, I, I, if you've recommended, I will have to check it out. Maybe I'll do that uh, over the holidays. I, 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 I,
0: I, I don't know if I'd recommend it. There's a reason why. It is a really graphic, Bleak. violent Bleak. movie and really bad murders taking place in it. Yeah. So if that's not mm. your cup of tea, if you're not a Hannibal kind of friend, a fan mm-hmm. then you might want to okay. you might want to pass
2: all right. I remember when it came out we were all most people were turned off because you had to read the subtitles but now that we've been doing the pandemic for so long and everybody watches movies in my age with subtitles <laughs> on it doesn't matter at all so
0: I gotta tell you I'm <laughs> one of those people that's like I put subtitles on for everything I always everything have I'm, everything yeah
1: yeah <laughs> All right, friends. Well, uh, lots of good stuff this time through. Thank you both for taking the time and and selecting these great clips. Of course, uh, Rick Howard, uh, always a pleasure to have you be a part with us here. And uh, our very special guest, Amanda Fennell from Relativity. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you. Thanks, Amanda. It was fantastic. Thanks. The Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute for their participation. You can learn more at isi.jhu.edu. The Hacking Humans podcast is proudly produced in Maryland at the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our senior producer is Jennifer Ivan, our executive editor is Peter Kilpe. I'm Dave Bittner. And I'm Rick Howard. Thanks for listening.